Hello and welcome to The Lightest Tread, the official podcast of Soul Recork and CO2 Negative, where we speak to extraordinary and ordinary people doing ordinary and extraordinary things that are good for their bodies, good for the planet, and typify the soul of adventure. I'm your host, Paul Morn Brown, and in today's very first episode, I'm in conversation with Soul Recork and CO2 Negative founder and CEO Mike Baker. In the lead up to Earth Day, I chat to Mike about all things soul and sustainability his personal motivation behind a 14-year journey toward innovating a more sustainable future for the footwear industry through recycling natural wine corks, and we touch on how to maintain a sense of hope and optimism in the face of the global climate crisis. If you enjoyed today's conversation, please do give us a like and subscribe on YouTube and look forward to our official launch on your favorite podcast platform. Enjoy. All right, we are rolling. Hey, Mike. Thanks for joining me. Hey, Paul. Pleasure. Um, I almost feel like I should give people watching on video a, a moment. I feel like I should make small talk to allow people to sort of take in the slightly overwhelming amounts of beardedness going on in the frame. <laughs> but... I was thinking that, that we look a little bit like, I mean, we could be brothers from different mothers, but... Um... Well, I, I guess take we're it. definitely that. We're, we're, not, we're not actually brothers, even though <laughs> there's some sort of twinning going on here. <laughs> there's uh, some sort of kindred spirits, definitely, if, uh, if uh, not only in facial similarity. Right. So uh, Glass preference. <laughs> yeah. So Earth Day is coming up. Earth Day is uh, April 22nd, next Thursday, I believe. Uh, and by the time people are listening to this, uh, it will be Earth Day or just after Earth Day. And for us, Earth Day is, you know, it's an important day. Uh, I always find it a bit of a funny day for us, though, because um, while it feels great to have the sense of focus for so many people, it feels like it is very much... it takes up so much of our headspace, sustainability in general, and our impact on the planet, and um, and and what we're doing um, takes up so much of our headspace on on a day to day basis. That Earth Day always feels like a a little bit of a strange day. But we'll get to we'll get to why that is um, in a little bit of detail shortly. I wanted to share a an anecdote, a personal anecdote, to kind of anchor us in a specific time and, and place and, and situation, which I, I think you'll, you might enjoy. So I was on, I was on the beach um, a couple of weeks ago with some friends and we had a fire going and my friend Paddy, um, who's really struggled with the whole COVID situation, um, well, he just really doesn't like wearing masks. Uh, he'll, he'll, he's not he's not a, a staunch anti-masker per se by any means, but he doesn't enjoy it. It's always it's always been a bit of a, a pain in the butt for him, uh, as it has for everyone to some extent. Anyway, it's he's he's said course. for a long time, yeah, he he said for a long time, end of COVID. Once he doesn't need the masks anymore, he, he's gonna have a mask burning ceremony. He's gonna burn <laughs> them. Um, there we were on the beach and. Uh, it definitely wasn't a, an organized mask burning ceremony, but he suddenly had a light bulb moment and reached his hand into his pocket and took out his mask and just threw it into the fire. Um, and, you know, you throw something into the fire, especially if it's a somewhat ceremonial burning of something and you expect it to sort of erupt in some sort of flame. And uh, we all stood there and looked at it. And it wasn't a, it wasn't like a surgical mask, but it, it was a just sort of standard, uh, you know, he'd been given it for free somewhere, um, but cloth in inverted commas for, uh, well, the following reasons that instead of bursting into flame, it sat there on the burning hot coals and we all sort of looked at it and there was this moment of like, what's kind of going on here and then it slowly started to shrivel up and melt into this like uh, molten it looks like what a plastic water bottle would look like 
if you threw it onto the fire. <clears throat> and I don't know if it was because it's something that you wear right up on your face um, or what it was, but it was this particularly sort of visceral, visual representation of how much of what we interact with and and what we use is really just plastic masquerading <laughs> as as something else. Um, so you, you you might need actual mask to protect you from the off gassing off gassing of the burning of said mask. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. Um so with that in mind, anchoring us in the hmm. in a post or during you know covid uh, reality mm-hmm. in the world mm-hmm. where so much is is synthetic made from fossil fuels um let's talk about where we are and 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 what we're doing and how we are working toward an alternative to that reality uh so i'd love to uh get a recap of of where we are as a company in terms of our sustainable uh, initiatives, you could call them, although it's not really an initiative separate to to the, the central drive, uh, what we've achieved so far and, and what we're hoping to achieve in, in the future. Small question. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> well, I, I, I guess, uh, yeah, where do I begin with that? Uh, uh, ultimately, um, we strive to continue to do better and better and have a lighter and lighter footprint on the planet. Uh, um, and that's driven us for a long time. Um, our recork initiative, uh, I think we're going on, uh, 13 years, um, of, of work, um, on that initiative. And, um, ultimately we started that as a, uh, you know, with a spark of idea to create sort of a pathway off of plastics, uh, uh, particularly, particularly in the footwear and footwear accessory space. Obviously we, we, we've made millions and millions of foam based, uh, petroleum foam based, uh, footbeds. And even though it's a relatively, you know, small, seemingly insignificant, uh, product, um, it, it, uh, it, it does have some unique attributes, one of which it's hidden inside people's shoes. Um, so we were certainly working to find ways to bring more attention to this novel little, um, foot, footwear, um, accessory item, which, you know, continues to have, you know, seemingly a, a, an outsized impact on people's, um, uh, mobility and foot health and comfort and pain reduction, etc. So, um, one of the ways that we sought to do that was to try and make it more and more sustainable. And, uh, yeah, I mean, cork was, um, and is the material that we saw had the most, uh, um, likely sort of improbable sort of pathway, uh, to giving us that, uh, um, route towards a, a raw material that would have that light footprint on, on, on the planet, a, a natural raw material, as opposed to, uh, some, some old, uh, dinosaur, um, decomposed fossils. Um, so, uh, yeah, I mean, we, we've, we've started a number of additional initiatives, uh, to further sort of support, um, all that we've been doing with Recork and CO2 negative is, is one of, one of those initiatives where, uh, we are working to account for all of our CO2 emissions, uh, in, in aggregate as a company, uh, and then offset, uh, hundred percent of those and more actually 110 percent of those uh emissions on an ongoing basis such that we actually are, are trying to from co2 perspective uh um a, a restore um or uh do more than our part i should say not just be neutral but um uh in, ensure that what we're doing and how we're accounting for it is is having a reduction of of co2 impact on the planet um you know, it's, it's not the only metric to look at when looking at um, materials and uh, um, water usage and, uh, you know, on end of life considerations. There's there's a lot of attributes that certainly have to be considered when we're talking about uh, being um, uh, m- mindful of, of our impacts um, on the planet. You know, uh, how duration of, of use of a given material, how long, how long does the actual product last? Um, you know, durability. So, I mean, there, it's complicated and there's a, there's a lot of different ways to look at it. Um, we started and our, I guess our, our, our core, the core metric that we keep looking at is uh, is CO2, even though, as I just mentioned, it's not the only, but 
Um, the CO2 uh, accounting is obviously one that gets a lot of attention, and, and I think rightly so. Um, and and cork, frankly, in in the CO2 world, is a bit of a super uh, super material. It's pretty unique. It has a lot a lot of unique attributes um, in in the way cork is harvested and what cork actually is. Um, the fact that the tree isn't cut down when you harvest cork, uh, so it's it's just a very unique uh, material to be working with and. Um, uh, you know, I guess, I guess if I was to summarize our initiatives, they're, they're largely, um, we're, we're all in on cork. We, we've been focused on, um, doing more and more, uh, research on, on trying to make, uh, um, you know, end products with cork that are similar, more and more similar from a physical property standpoint to existing, uh, petroleum based foams such that we can make sort of a direct substitution uh, from a quality and comfort and cushioning and performance standpoint uh, and do so um, basically at a straight across cross swap that um, that is significantly better um, when we look at all metrics, not just CO2 um, on the planet. So, um, you know, cork is certainly our, 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 our cornerstone or the cornerstone of our strategy to ensure that we make as, uh, as little a footprint as, as possible. I think it's worth um, spelling out clearly that you know climate change is obviously the biggest um, concern at the moment in terms of uh, the environment in in general. It's definitely the, the concern that gets the most attention, um, but it's not the only. You you mentioned carbon minimization. Carbon is obviously the most uh, pressing and, and immediate impacts on the climate in terms of climate change, end of life, you know, what happens to a product after you use it is perhaps indirectly a climate change driver, but it's less a climate change driver than it is an issue of plastic waste or um, uh, there are, you know, water use, how much indirectly, it's not a driver of climate change, but it's a you know, with there's a, a big big issue with desertification in, in a lot of places, which is a result of, of climate change. So minimizing your water use is perhaps mitigating the harmful effects of climate change. But it's they're all separate issues which need to be thought about. And it's very difficult to think about, well, um, how, how do we make sure we're doing everything in the best way possible? And sometimes different priorities will have conflicting or conflicting priorities uh, will have different approaches um, but overall uh, we can say with confidence that we're doing the very best we can to to consider our impacts in in a, in a range of different spheres um, I think it's worth mentioning the the number of almost 130 million natural wine corks collected for recycling by recork uh, I think that's, um, you know, on, on average, that's what, 10, 10 million corks a year over the, the 13 some years that, that we've been doing it, uh, which I think is pretty, pretty fantastic, pretty astounding numbers of corks being recycled and, and still millions and millions more out there to be had. Um, billions, billions to be had. I often actually get people over social media from from other countries saying, you know, how do how do we get involved? Um, and I have to say, we're not we're not quite there. We're not quite where you are yet, but hopefully sometime in in the future, perhaps. Yeah, there there are initiatives in in the EU and um, and obviously in Recork operates primarily in in North America. Um, and, and I do think that we will get better over time at accelerating collection and optimizing, you know, um, how we do collect and the nodes of collection. Um, it's a it's an ongoing, uh, evolving and, and challenging sort of reverse logistics puzzle. But I think that collectively we're we're all getting better at that. And um, there there isn't a uh, um, there people are keen to participate. There isn't a hurdle uh, per se. Uh, you know, maybe beyond um, awareness. Um, to, to get people to participate. I, I think that the idea of um, upcycling or reusing materials 
is certainly not a foreign concept to people um, the way it was even even 10 years ago. So um, we, I do think that we'll be able to uh, continue to sort of um, refine and improve the ways that we actually end up collecting uh, um, more and more of those, you know, roughly, you know, 5 billion corks that are, that are used a year for as wine stoppers. Um, and, you know, the interesting thing about the wine stoppers is, uh, although you get sort of engineered corks, which, uh, may be ground up and glued back together, you know, a champagne stopper is an example of sort of a, a, a combined, uh, of virgin cork, um, two, two spherical discs and then agglomerated ground up cork together. Um, that's generally, uh, when it's finished, it's, um, use as a bottle stopper comes out as a virgin raw material. So, um, it, it makes a ton of sense to be able to, to use that precious, uh, raw material, um, again and again. And so again. that's what we, we, we definitely plan to continue to accelerate our. So we'll speak to again and again in a second in terms of, uh, looking toward the future, but, uh, you touched on working toward. Um, I think you said trying to to create the physical properties of of a of a product that could replicate that of a petroleum based foam, um, which seems to be underselling the the facts to a certain extent in terms of our our, our latest uh, latest and greatest achievements. I think that's I think that's accurate. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, we, we um, to speak to that we uh, I think I think it was roughly the exact date is, escapes me, but it's it's a little under two years ago. So more quite recently, um, we sort of had a, a, a I guess I would call it lab scale sort of breakthrough on on formulation and the way that we process cork uh, that really did allow us to match the cushioning properties. Um, the, 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 the softness or the hardness properties, um, of, of footwear of midsoles in particular, particular. Um, and so we've been working, yeah, uh, very hard for the last few years to, uh, build a factory, uh, test, um, and, and basically create and invent machinery, um, that would allow us to process, uh, cork at scale, uh, at larger volumes that the, the footwear industry, um, I've heard varying estimates, but you know, north of 20 billion pairs of shoes are produced a year for our almost 8 billion people on the planet. Um, so it, it's an it's an industry. Um, footwear is an industry that operates at a lot of scale, um, and so we, we need to have a solution that that can uh, you know make a dent in that. Um, and so working to scale up a, a recork factory that could make this special compound that can be directly uh, swappable, substitutable for, for existing materials um, has been sort of a core focus over the last couple of years. And yeah, we have uh, shoes that are shortly launching um, that feature uh, this recork uh, breakthrough material, breakthrough composite uh, for the first time. So i um, super excited to actually, uh, after what has been certainly a, a long, long journey, uh, testing our um, hope muscles, uh, seeing, seeing, um, this recork formulation uh, that, that really is sort of revolutionary, getting to the marketplace and, and uh, s- setting it free, as it were, in the marketplace is, is something that we're super excited about being able to do. So I want to speak to the, the, the long, long journey and the testing of the hope muscles. And um, it's something that yeah, a phrase that gets thrown around on Earth Day all the time is Earth Day every day. And, and it's uh, something that, as I alluded to to begin with, really does hold true for us on, a, on an everyday basis. Um, you know, we are, when you peel away the, the branding behind Recork and, and Soul, we are the same. It's the same uh, brains and, and muscles and, and we, it's the same engine room, um, the same people operating the same, the same things. And that's taken a lot uh, over the last 13, 13 years for various different people in some cases, but for you consistently, uh, it's taken a huge amount of time and effort and so many resources and, um, you know, building a new factory, creating a new material, uh, running uh, uh, the logistics of a, a continent-wide recycling program. It strikes me it it would have been a lot easier for for you definitely and for most people involved to say you know what uh creating uh pain relief that's accessible to the masses um 
is enough. We'll we'll settle for that. We'll we'll leave trying to revolutionize an industry in a more sustainable way to somebody else. Uh, and so it strikes me as what is it that's that's kept you personally so motivated over so long to to follow this ideal to to really press and work towards this this idea and uh, the standard uh, that you that you hold yourself to hmm. um, I don't think I have a, a simple one word answer to that but um, yeah my uh, perseverance is 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 strong uh within um and and i guess um aspirations as well uh, um i would say early on in you know in in my career i guess i would say that i i slight, slightly tangential to where to where i am now uh had some some quick and fast success and um also had some quick and fast failure and uh there was a lot of learning in in, in that short but intense um, volatile uh, journey. And uh, I think one lasting lesson from that was that if I wanted to um, have success, but more than success, you know, have an impact, uh, the way to do it would be apply myself consistently over a long period of time. Uh, it's hard to um, ask and channel luck on a predictable basis. Um, I think it's a much higher probability bet to um, work very hard over um, a long period of time on something. Uh, um, the probability of, of achieving that when, when applied in that manner seem, seems a lot better. And, and maybe you get a few uh, extra strokes of luck or, you know, wind at your back um, uh, along the route. So um, I think that some of those early wins that I did have, wins and losses, but the wins did also open up my eyes to uh, what was possible. And um, I think that that's, um, when I talk about exercising the hope muscles, that, that, that is something even on the cork material in particular, that's that's kept me going. I, I, I saw, um, you know, I, I would see individual applications of cork or combinations of cork, uh, uh, ways of processing cork that, that had enough of the glimmer of possibility. You know, if, if we can, if we if we can do this with the material, surely we can do, you know, 10% better or 20% better. There, there were these little sort of crumbs along the way um, that, that uh, allowed me to continue to believe that we could get to the place where we could match, uh, you know, we could, we could get a great um, renewable material that would match um, the, the existing sort of incumbent materials. Um, so, so that helped, but I, I think it's, it's the early days of just my personal journey uh, that, um, that, that made me want to make plans for the long term and, and commit to them. So I, I, I don't know how good an answer that is, but um, I, I, I think it was my early, early experiences um, made me keen on taking the, the long view. And um, that's what we've done. Oh, yeah, it's a fantastic answer. I, uh, I, I think speaking of, of early days uh, and possible applications that you've seen along the way, there's this sort of fable uh, that I've repeated about the story of the lake house and, and the lake house floor. Um, and I don't think I've ever actually heard it from, from you firsthand, but I'd, I'd love to hear an account of, of, of that inspiration. Sure. Yeah. So, um, so it would have been before 2009 when, when we sort of officially, uh, um, launched Recork and the collection program. Um, we were playing around with alternative renewable materials uh, for packaging for our footbeds in, in you know, uh, the mid-aughts, you know, 2005, 2006, I can remember some renewable uh, packaging material that we were using. Um, and uh, as I already alluded to, we wanted to find a way to, you know, make not just the packaging of our, of our product, but the actual the main constituents of our product. Um, uh, renewable or recycled as well. So uh, m my eyes were open to look for materials that would, would fit that bill. And um, we were fortunate enough, uh, my, a, bu a bunch of friends, uh, a bunch of my friends, uh, family friends, my wife and I and our, and our kids um, were, you know, sort of in, in a cohort of people, um, you know, I would say maybe 40 
uh, of us uh, would descend on a friend's cabin on an island here in, in sort of in Howe Sound area in, in Vancouver. And uh, it was an old Panambo style cabin. It is, it's still there. Uh, so maybe 50s or 1950s, 1960s. And it has this, this yeah, it has a remarkable cork floor, uh, one that's sort of quite hard to, um, they generally don't make cork floors with the same thickness or, or just raw quantity of cork. Um, so this is probably uh, millimeters, you know, may, maybe it's 10 millimeters or uh, it's quite a thick um, tile floor uh, and pure cork. Um, hmm. So it, today that would be quite expensive. Uh, but I guess if you were to if you were to put the value of that cork floor uh, uh, and you know, divide it by its useful life, it, it would not be that high because you know this this is the point. We would um, you know, and th this is on a on the ocean, so it it, it deals with um, moisture changes, humidity changes, uh, salt water, um, and we th this this weekend event was always wild, and you know, forty people and kids, adults and kids descending on a, on a on a small panelboat cabin on a off the grid island, um, you know, it sees a lot of wear. Dogs, um, you know, wet feet, um, dirt, grit, you name it. You know, mm. dawn to dusk, we were, you know, in and out and uh, traipsing, you know, th through this through this cabin. And and we did this m many many years in a row. And um, over those several years, I guess became to, uh, you know came to the place of of really appreciating the subtleties and the nuances of this floor. One one is uh, as <laughs> Beat as it would get, beaten down as it would get at any given moment, dirty, um, dented, uh, you know, uh, compressed, uh, you know, get the broom out, sweep it, and magically the floor is, is you know, looks like new. And, you know, then, you know, it, it, then you, you, you start being, you know, more cognizant of the fact that that's the same floor that's been there for now, you know, it, it, you know going on 60 years, right? Um, and it, it hasn't changed. It hasn't been recoded. Um, and... Uh, the, the other thing you probably appreciate if 40, 40 people are in a small cabin, it's not quiet, but you know, the cork has all these natural um, insulating properties, not just thermal, but acoustic insulating. So um, it was amazing to, you know, over a long period of time uh, or several years anyways, um, interact with this attribute of this weekend um, that was the cork floor. And uh, I guess maybe it could be, um, it might be implied, but I can say it more explicitly. Certainly, wine was consumed. At the I was going to say, so, yeah. <laughs> so, so you know, at some point, the light bulb finally went off. That you know, you're you're when you're opening a bottle of wine, and I would say probably um, well, a natural cork stopper a bottle of wine. Um, the, the connection was finally made. The light bulb finally went off. That hey, this is this is this what's coming out of this bottle is what's on the floor, and you know, mm. look at the durability. Um, look at, you know, again, th this house does not have insulation other than the cork floor, you know, in the morning time when it would be still chilly, even, even in the summer, um, the, the, the floor of the house is fine on, on barefoot, uh, because of the, the natural thermal, um, insulating properties of the cork. It's soft to walk on, um, it self repairs, you know, it, it again, deals with it, the, the loud noises, like it just, it's unbelievable, unbelievably remarkable, um, in its resiliency and, um, in the way it, 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 um, complemented that weekend. So, um, opening the bottle and realizing that what comes out is generally a virgin raw material that could be used to make that floor. Uh, it seemed like an obvious candidate, uh, to sort of, um, extend, uh, as part of a re recycling initiative, you know, um, we haven't always recycled every category of material we're recycling now. I mean, cork at that time seemed like an extra one to bring into the fold in terms of recycling, uh, because unlike a lot of materials that we do recycle that are highly processed, as I said, recork or the corks rather are not. Um, so uh, it's, it's uh, a logical and, uh, you know, um, I guess to some degree, you know, when you finally see it, obvious candidate for uh, recycling and, and, and upcycling. Um, you know, it's 1.3 billion corks a year uh, um, uh, shipped to and used, consumed in, in the U.S. alone. So there, there's a lot of volume of this virgin raw material um, that is that is only living uh, its life as an accessory to a, a packaging to packaging in wine that then gets discarded. And and you know, ultimately, um, it is a 
natural raw material. So discarding it, uh, it, it, it does uh, um, biodegrade ultimately. Um, but the reality is it still has a, a lot of value left to give. And that's, that's where Recore comes in and, and the ability to give it new life into, into footwear and footwear related products and, and maybe other products in the future via the, the breakthrough in, in compounding that we've had uh, with Recork uh, is, is a great story to tell. It's a great, it's a great initiative. Um, and, um, you know, happy to be, um, the ones championing it. And, and, uh, so it's all, all told it's, um, I want to say it's, it's more than an, it's more than a no brainer. It's, it's, um, uh, it's a bit of a virtuous circle that, um, that, um, we're, we're glad that we are helping to close. It strikes me that the, the appreciation of that floor, uh, you know, it doesn't take uh, repeated visits and and spilling up wine or cleaning up wine spills and 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 uh, sweeping out dog hair uh, to to appreciate the inherent value of cork. That that most people will pop a, a cork out of a wine bottle and look at it and think, man, there's something nice, special about this thing. It shouldn't end up in the trash. I think that's a sentiment that we. Um, that we return to on a regular basis. Of mm-hmm. it has this inherent value that people recognize. That people just don't know what to do with that. And, right. And so, what we're doing is offering them a means or a way um, to act on that instinct, which is one hundred percent correct. And I, I uh, think in in the case of the the flooring, um, you know, or sort of origin story there. Um, it, it, what that did is is make the connection, as you said, there's sort of this in, often an inherent affinity to a cork, you know, like how does mm. this thing stay stuck in the bottle? You know, why does it expand when I open? Like there, there are a lot of, if you're at all curious, there's a lot of things about the cork when it comes out of the bottle that, that keep you interested and engaged and how many times you fiddle and play with it and squish it. Um, but seeing it, you know, that's the form that you might first interact with it, but it's less likely to come in contact with it in a flooring form. And I think what that did is further expose really the utility and the versatility of corn. Mm. And, um, mm. you know, perhaps if you, if you were, if you're Portuguese, if you grew up in Portugal or Spain or other places where cork is more central, where the cork, the, the bulk of the, the cork force exists, um, this wouldn't be so foreign. Um, if you've been to Portugal, they, there's, you know, cork is, is the cork tree by law can't be cut down. It's, it's near what's revered. It's, it's uh, near holy. Um, and, and they make cork out of, they make cork into everything from bags and umbrellas, uh, um, you know, obviously to footwear and then in, in stoppers. So um, depending on where you were born, you would be more naturally exposed. But for me, um, and I guess for the, the origins of recork, it, it took seeing, um, these additional properties beyond the ones that we sort of experience inherently when we open a pop a bottle of, of bubbles or champagne, um, seeing it in the floor form for it to really, uh, um, I guess, crystallize its sort of its its comprehensive value and utility. And and so much of that value and utility is transferable to something that you put in your shoes. That's under your feet. It's shock absorbing. Uh, it's naturally. Uh, antimicrobial odor resistance um it's lightweight it feels good it's hydrophobic it's etc so that's awesome uh we recycle corks uh we do awesome things with them you touched on packaging a few times there you 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 talking about um your your mission to find more sustainable packaging which sort of led to the, the cork discovery uh the packaging souls packaging has gone through multiple different iterations uh last year this last year uh we also had another milestone which i think is worth pointing out um of brand new totally plastic free packaging for our footbeds which we're which we're really proud of that the process of, of producing that packaging gave me a real insight into um, into just what it takes to achieve something as simple as changing. I feel like there's a, a lot of well, not I feel like I, it's it's palpable the the extent of people's frustration around things like plastic waste, plastic packaging. Uh, you know, why, why can't people get their act together? 
uh, why is this still a thing? Um, and it was an eye-opener to see just how much it takes to actually make a fundamental shift in the way organizationally, logistically, in the way it, something as simple as packaging your products is done. Uh, that being said, we did it. And, and I, it was super satisfying, I think, for, for a lot of us. Um, it's great for us. People appreciate it in the outside world uh, or in the outside world. O outside of the company, we, we, we get appreciation. We've had praise from, from customers who in the past would say, I love your sustainable products, but I wish you would do away with the, the plastic that, that they arrive in. Uh, so I guess really just just a note to pat ourselves on, on the back as well for that because we haven't, that hasn't been mentioned up to this point. Uh, so on, on Earth Day, we're a minute to recognize that. I think what's interesting for me too is um, since I came, since I joined Seoul or shortly after joining Seoul, I went down to Outdoor Retailer uh, in Denver with, with the team. And I, I'm, I'm, I can be prone to pessimism in, I'm not immune to, to the climate anxiety, which is, is pervasive, uh, these days for people like me who don't have the, the blinders on, but walking around the outdoor retailer show floor it was kind of inspiring for me because it, it it was so clear that so many brands in the outdoor space were prioritizing sustainability uh, it was it is it it must be the the um the topic on everybody's tongues it's it's the thing that sets you apart. There's so the, the market is so saturated in, in so many ways uh, it, across everything. All all the gear, you know, any any piece of gear that you, that you could want, you can buy it from ten or more different companies who are producing it. But one or two of them might have a particularly sustainable way of doing it, which sets them apart for a lot of people. I'm interested in your take on the role of of for-profits, companies, and corporations in driving sustainable innovation. It, it would be easy for uh, it's easy for people to be cynical. You know, I was thinking about you and I have had quite a bit of back and forth over the last few days, and and one of the things you pointed out was. Uh, Elon talking about how you could power the whole of the United States with solar power. Uh, you just need 100 mile by 100 mile square radius in Arizona, and then you need one mile, one square mile of batteries to hold the power to make sure that the source is consistent. And one of the the cynic in me, and I'm sure a lot of people would think like, well, yeah, sure, Elon's going to say that. The man manufactures and sells. Uh, solar tiles. He's invested in in solar. It's easy for people to say. Uh, what might be easy for people to say? Well, sure, you you believe in cork as as uh, the wonder material that's going to offer the solution to the problem, uh, but you're selling cork footwear, so you would. Uh, yeah. So speak speak to the cynics or or. or What's the answer to that? Speak to the role of, of for-profit corporations or, or companies in, in driving sustainable innovation in the way that they really are. Hmm. I, well, uh, you can help guide me here, but I, you know, I, I think I, I would prefer to talk to the skeptics than the cynics. You know, I, I think being skeptical about our actions and the impact they, they have, I, I think is a necessary um, requisite to be honest with, with the change that you are or are not having. Um, it, you know, similarly, you know, I, I can understand, you know, the fear and the concern. I, I, I lived in Australia for a while and lived through, um, 
the, the you know the, the biggest wildfire season in, in history and that you know that was a, that was a scary uh, highly unpleasant disturbing time um, you know where you couldn't go outside where you're you know I was constantly looking at air you know air monitoring uh, um, uh, meters and metrics uh, and and uh, um, you know pollution uh, data and um, so I, I understand the fear side of it, and yet I probably would ultimately be, and it's taken me a while to get here, but I'd be more sanguine about our prospects and about um, and uh, about where we're headed. And so um, the, the outdoor retailer thread and comment, uh, I would say, you know, competition is good. And I think um, free enterprise competition is good. And um, the comment about Elon and uh, 100 square mile uh, solar plant uh, why hasn't that happened? I mean, that's that's a question that I find myself asking uh, on repeat. You know, why have we not made the change? And I think maybe um, maybe that's where the biggest frustration comes from for those that are maybe overly paralyzed by fear. Uh, I did share you know a, f- a few resources with you uh, of, of very deep dives into. I don't know. We, I don't know if we put links to them or or or. or we mentioned them specifically, but um, are we overblowing the fears around climate change? And uh, I, I think that we don't yet see that we're turning around, uh, turning the corner on making the improvement. So how can you be sanguine about the change uh, or about our prospects if you don't yet see it? I think that's a difficult problem um, to solve. And um, and yet, uh, to your point, there are a bunch of these businesses com- trying to outcompete, and you know uh, we're doing the same with Recorp. We're trying to find new, innovative ways to not, you know, we're consumers as well. So to deliver what we want, what we as consumers want, and what the you know the broader population of consumers want, which is which is we want our cake and eat it too. We want things that are are um, that are what we want, what we need, uh, that perform well, and are good for the planet, and don't you know end up with. Uh, um, you know, shedding microplastics that end up, you know, in our lungs, you know, we, 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 you know, where do we get to a place where we can, um, innovate our way? Uh, um, yeah, that's the bigger question. How, how do we get to a place where we innovate our way, uh, to, to the right balance between all these things of, of, of delivering the creature comforts and the performance and, and, and these material things that we need. Um, I think we would all call shoes something that we need at this point. How do we make these things, uh, I don't say guilt-free, uh, but how do we make them um, just yeah lighter as a footprint um, on, on the planet? And that's certainly where um, competition, I think, is fantastic. And I think that there is a uh, there are a lot more ways. Even five years ago, uh, you know, we are making a lot of progress in terms of accessibility to recycled materials, nylons and, and polyesters, and uh, there are more and more um, vendors and suppliers for. Uh, um, recycled or, uh, you know, organic materials than there were, um, you know, just, just a short period of time ago. Uh, um, you know, one other note that I shared, you know, China is a big pr- uh, consumer of coal, certainly, but they have a plan to build 140 new nuclear power plants and, and those are CO2 emission free plants. Uh, so they will be a green leader, uh, because nobody else has announced similar plans. So based on the plans that have been announced so far, it looks like they will be, they've got a clear plan to transition to be a, um, to be a, 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 a mission reduction leader um, in the future, which is, which is great to see. So I, I think, you know, that's, that's one example um, where we, uh, or that we, that we have uh, amongst many, but we don't necessarily always uh, remember um, in, ter- in terms of this ongoing path towards CO2 uh, uh, emission reduction. So I, I think these changes are happening. Um, I don't think they're happening. They're not happening as quickly as, as I would like. And I don't think they're happening as quickly as, as most people, uh, most of the concerned um, you know, thinking people uh, um, would like them to, to have happen. Um, but I, I think a, a deeper dive would would ultimately bring more more peace that things are moving the right direction. I, I, I don't think our government um, institutions and regulation have done ourselves a lot of favors in this regard. I don't think that sped things up. I think that slowed transitions down, certainly in nuclear. Um, and, you know, like there's one there's one other sort of fact that like we have the luxury and the privilege to be talking about this right now and to be concerned with, you know, we have enough space in our mm-hmm. day to be concerned about climate change. You know, that's that's a you know, that mm-hmm. is a privilege, you know. And, 
that, For sure. you know, it, it's been said that, you know, the, the best thing that we can do to improve the health of the planet is to make people as rich as possible, as quickly as possible. You know, when you're not worried mm -hmm. about where your next meal comes from or what shelter you're going to have tonight, um, you can make more, you have more time to reflect and you can make more considered longer term um, um, choices. And I, I think it's hard to re re refute well, if you if you're not burning wood that you've chopped from the, the savannah around you in order to cook your your meal at night and and do your homework by you know kerosene lamp or whatever it exactly. might be so, or... yeah so i mean burning wood would be the you know it was one of the worst forms of of you know uh, energy and, and pollution uh um in terms of yeah off-gassing and chemicals released and and you move to coal which is incrementally better and then you can move to oil and then to natural gas. This is sort of a logical progression that tracks along economic development, right? So, you know, if you could make people uh, richer, faster, um, we would have more people competing back to the, I guess, the, the, the business argument. You have more people competing to deliver these more innovative solutions um, that will ultimately continue to see a reduction in CO2 emissions. Uh, you know, plastics and, and plastics in the ocean and end of life um, that, that's, uh, that's, I guess it's an ongoing chemistry problem. That's, that's, that's tricky to solve, but, I, uh, again, I, I, I have optimism It's taken me a while to get to the place of feeling of, of having what I, I think is reasonably informed optimism about our ability to, to, to turn a corner. Um, certainly there's, you know, on the nuclear front, not, not just what China's saying that they're going to do, but, um, on the fusion front, I mean, th there are a, there is a massive amount of new investment in, in both new nuclear, um, old fission or new, new fission, but fission technology, and then and then um, fusion. So a number of these super long term projects that uh, you know multi uh, um, government, I'll call them coalitions, have been working on. Um, some of those are, are are coming to life, and they've they've been able to prove that they've been able to you know superheat and. and and, and generate some, you know, even for seconds at a time, more electricity than they use. So, um, you know, imagining a world of, uh, of completely clean energy, I, I mean, I, I think that we're going to see it, I'm confident we're going to see it in, in our lifetime. So I, I think that there is a lot to be, um, yeah, to be optimistic about on Earth Day. And, and even, and, and the frustrations around that which should be changed that isn't yet changed, that's real and that's shared. And, and I feel the same way about that. And yet, if, if, if you truly zoom out, I, I, it seems like we are making progress as we get richer and richer, which we are as, as a human race than, than we've ever been right now. So, um, yeah. It strikes me that what's great about the, the type of innovation that, that is driven by private enterprises uh, is, you know, the... The comparison to to the the availability of solar energy uh, almost works quite well in terms of just bringing it back to to what we do in terms of the whole the whole world is is powered by the sun, right? In the very most basic sense, it's like what you learn in in eighth grade biology is that without the sun, the world doesn't have power. Uh, from a mo the sun fuels the growth of plants, plants fuel animals. It's like we exist thanks to the sun. Uh, and the idea of solar, the solar power takes something that's right there. It's always been there. It's in front of us and it turns it into something palpable and useful in a very uh, complicated for most people, but and yet simple way. The solution is there. It's in front of us. We just, you, you may or may not know um, that it is there or how effective it is as a solution. And I think what's, what's, inspiring for me about what we're doing is that we are taking something that is there that the, the solution is there to uh creating products as you say that satisfy our our demand our uniquely human demand of this is it's this is not food or housing or, or warmth it's it's uh, it's an it's what has become a need for shoes but you could people have had shoes for centuries it's now almost a need to have a shoe with a certain amount of cushioning and a certain amount of flexibility. It's, if we don't have a natural way to, to fill that gap in the market, it's going to be filmed by something filled by something made, you know, fabricated from fossil fuels with a, a whole lot of uh, high intensity emissions. I mean, that's the best thing we've been able to do so far. 
And so the question, the question to me, you know, and, and even what we're talking about and, and, you know, a few pats on the back for, for, uh, for, for no plastic packaging, but, you know, this goes back to what's kept me going and us going for so long is, is I, I, I we're not done. <laughs> I, I don't, I certainly don't feel satisfied about what's been achieved both uh, personally, corporately, uh, you know, or, or as the human race, we've, we, our best work is certainly ahead of us. Can we keep it together and, 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 um, you know, channel our, uh, you know, focus, you know, I would say, yeah, uh, aggregate our own, our, our focus to, to make, continue to make things better. Right. So, um, that, that is an ongoing, that's a, that's a, that's a certainly not a destination. Um, that's a continuous journey and we have to keep uh, pushing to do better. And, uh, I'm, I'm, I guess, driven in that way. For sure. And I think that what's, uh, what's great about the drive, uh, from, from a business sense is that we are almost uniquely placed to identify or well, not uniquely placed, but, but, uh, as you say, competition drives our interest in identifying something like the cork as, as you did in an existing sustainable, you know, the, the cork oak tree is comparable to the sun like there it is it's right in front of us you just have to know what what it is that you can do with it and how Mm -hmm. to harness it and how to turn it into something Mm -hmm. that satisfies this this human need that that we have right um and we're we're doing it and we're working Mm -hmm. on it for sure yeah i mean i think we need to keep being curious and we need to keep asking questions and we need to uh keep pushing and um you know I think that in a number of places, again, I think we're, we're scratching our heads and, and those that are really concerned about, um, uh, you know, a climate catastrophe and, and um, have real climate anxiety. Um, we, yeah, we need to keep pushing. We need to try and get people um, out of the way that are standing in the way, regulations that are in the way. I, I, I'm, I am thinking largely about, you know, um, I, I guess, I want to say democratic decay, but some institutional decay and old regulations that I think are inhibiting our progress. But I think entrepreneurs and and competition will find its way around those barriers uh, to to um, continue to scratch that curious itch uh, to to make things better. And uh, you know, um, yeah, let's let's the, the more of us that can do that, then the better off we'll all be. So, so speaking of uh, pushing and and going going further um what we haven't touched on is is our aims for the coming year uh, and i think it would be great to speak specifically to our ideas for you know we've been running a recycling program for so long uh but our ideas for for completely closing the loop and generating a, a totally circular system if you can touch on that yeah. Uh, so we, you know, quite simply, I guess we, we, you know, through the collection, through the uh, collection network that we have through Recork to collect uh, post-consumer um, um, stoppers, cork, uh, you know, wine, wine stoppers, um, we can similarly use that infrastructure and that system to collect um, future products that we make with cork. I mean, so our, the, the Recork compound that we do use is re-recyclable. We can take it we can take it back um, and work on again optimizing the the reverse logistics supply chain, which has been the the big puzzle that we've worked on already in, in getting recorked to where it is. Um, and we can we can literally plug in new products that we build with the recork uh, um, core composite uh, into that same uh, into that same into that same infrastructure. So um, thinking about uh, design for disassembly is is a big discussion uh, in in the footbed space. Uh, you can you can work with a material that's 100% cork and recycling material that's 100% cork that doesn't need to be taken apart, disassembled in some way. Obviously, makes it easier to to re-recycle. So, um, I don't know if that's enough of a, a tease or an answer to the question, but um, ultimately, we are looking at ways to to uh, keep the cork that we collect in the uh, in the loop in the recycling loop. Uh, such that we continue to we can use the same cork over and over and over again. Awesome. So 
another recent development is CO2 negative, uh, recent mm-hmm. launch. I'd like to touch on that a little bit. You know, we've been speaking a, a bit about climate anxiety, um, sense of pessimism, a sense of mm-hmm. uh, sort of overwhelming dread that is increasingly common, I think, uh, uh, amongst a lot of people, especially young people who feel like they aren't being heard, who feel like it's their futures that are at risk, who feel like um, the people in, in positions of power just don't really care or, or don't have the, the will to do anything to change that. Mm-hmm. And uh, what we've been speaking about really, I guess, is offering solutions on a personal level to be able to uh, control one's own impact to one extent or another for the better, Uh, which, you know, I I think about, um, I guess it's a, it's common to anything when you're feeling overwhelmed, if you have an over overwhelming list of tasks to do, uh, or, or, or feels like you have an overwhelming mountain to climb, the answer is always the same. Just, just, you want to start feeling better. Just do one thing, just pick a thing and do it. Take the first step. Just do something. Don't sit telling yourself how much you have to do. Just start doing something, mm-hmm. and quite quickly you'll, you'll feel find yourself feeling better. Um, and so, in that vein, we have launched CO two negative uh, for the purpose of offering or, or adding our voice to the growing the growing chorus of voices calling for accountability in climate labeling which would give consumers a way to realistically manage their own carbon impacts uh, to one extent or another by making informed choices about the products that they buy and yeah, I, I don't really know if I have a question in relation to that. Well, I, I, I can add a comment, which is, you know, yeah. I, I uh, there, you know, we, we've um, made the analogy before that, uh, you know, climate labeling is, is sort of like food labeling for, for a long time, mm. food labeling, mm. f- food labeling didn't exist, but increasingly, um, you know, we're self-aware and, and uh, of what we're putting into our body, we know we know you know sort of target caloric intake or or sodium intake, uh, and insofar as we are informed and educated as to what different food groups and and, and different you know process whatever that whatever we're in, ingesting, um, how they contribute to those totals, um, that information and that education certainly is power, right? And and so very similarly, if we knew that uh, you know the, the difference between um, taking a ferry versus a plane, for example, as a mode of transportation, if we understood the relative difference, it might change some of our thinking um, and it might change the way that we act on certain things. So, I mean, I guess the, the fundamental belief there is that the information is power and the information and the education um, is needed um, before people can actually start making those informed choices. So, um, you know, th- there's a lot to be said about ha- you know climate regulation and climate rules and how those are how that's calculated and and that's a whole other world unto itself in terms of, of footprinting and um, uh, and how those regulations get set. But I think that at the at the purest level, um, if you if you could actually get accurate information as to what the the carbon input and and one other side note I want to make is we we've, t- we've talked a lot about CO two, but we really should be talking about all greenhouse gases. Um, mm. um, so. But you know, CO two is the one that gets the that gets the attention. Um, you know, one mm. one one. You know, uh, I've heard different ranges, but um, you know, methane is is a far more intensive greenhouse gas. You know, sort of thirty x the uh, the um, the impact, the greenhouse impact versus CO two. The one interesting thing, again, maybe a, a reason to be optimistic in, in the face of a bunch of these challenges, is methane doesn't last forever in the atmosphere. If we actually do make a change and, and, and a series of changes such that we stop um, uh, producing so much uh, ex- excess and methane that's escaping into the atmosphere, it does dissipate in, in the atmosphere. Uh, 10 years is my understanding in terms of when that dissipates. So we, we, we have these, um, there are these self-healing mechanisms sort of built into um, some of the, 
the, the worst pieces of news that, that we may hear in some of those worst headlines. But um, in any event, the, the, the core idea with CO2 negative is um, to try and find a way to educate um, and just uh, empower people to, ha- to make more informed choices. And um, if we can do that, we, you know, it's one more step to your point about uh, 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 how, how do you, how do you, you know, how do you say, how do you complete a marathon? Well, I mean, certainly one step at a time, you got to start. And um, I, I think this is another positive initiative um, that hopefully, uh, you know, well, we're, we're, we've obviously implemented it onto our own products and, and commit, uh, have a commitment to put it on every product that we make. So our footbeds and, and our footwear um, going forward. So people can see what the, the CO2E, the, 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 the carbon equivalent um, emissions that are, um, being emitted by a given item, um, what, what that's actually contributing, um, positively or negatively to, to the, to the, to this planet that we live on. So, and, and the point being that you are able not only to, uh, not only to control and manage your own footprint, but that, but you're able to manage your, your, anxiety in relation to, to to an extent you're given a realistic you're you as you say you're empowered to make decisions which help you know you're not always going to choose the food with with the lowest uh calories you're not always going to choose the product with the with the lowest impact sometimes you are you can't you can't take a, a ferry to england right you know sometimes you sometimes you got to fly mm-hmm. um but you probably, you, if you, you probably can take a ferry, I know you can, you can drive <laughs> in the channel. So maybe to Fiji, you can't take a well. You can probably take a cruise ship too. But yes, point point yeah. taken. <clears throat> but but you at least when you know, you know when you have a, a practical measure or you have a practical mm-hmm. mechanism for tackling that sense of mm-hmm. of of overwhelming. You know, well, here's one thing you can do. You can choose this product rather than that product because this one's going to have less of an impact. Okay, great. Yeah, I, I mean, feel it's not it's some... not going to change the world necessarily, but oh, I'm I'm I, I feel a bit better about about things in general now that I know that what my options are. Yeah, I think it giving you some agency, right? Like putting it back For in sure. your court that that you know that 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 again that awareness is power and. You know, it's it's not it's not 100 dread 100 of the time, and I think that is important. I, I think you touched on, you know, the the the, the frustration or, or the challenge. You know, what can I do? You know, uh, the, mm. the one little step. I mean, I, I think that is important, and 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 yet in a number of cases, um, it certainly can continue. And I, I feel this way that that um, you know we don't control directly. Um, it's only in theory by representation that we control some of the more macro choices that are. Um, that, that are truly impacting, you know, policy uh, um, at the industrial scale, at, at the power plant level. Um, and, and I think we have to keep the pressure up on, on you know, letting our politicians know uh, what, we, what we want and, and um, you know, frankly, moving out of the way to allow it, allow it to happen. Um, but I, I, again, I, I, I do think in, um, I think private enterprise will continue and, you know, advances in solar. I mean, the economics are such that th- there is a pull towards this as well. So uh, I-, I think there's reason, you know, uh, what did we say? Um, uh, 50, is it 52 years on from the original Earth Day, uh, 1970, right? So 70, 52 yeah. years on from the original Earth Day, I, I think that we are, I think I think the, the recipe are, or, or the ingredients are there for us to continue to turn a corner. And, and I think it's fair to keep pressure on, um, on on our politicians, um, you know, be empowered yourself, but then keep pressure on on leader and leaders and demand better leadership to keep ensure that we keep turning the corner towards a a, a, a cleaner future. And and yeah, that's that's cleaner oceans and, and and cleaner air. And exercise your voice not only um, not only politically but also economically in the in the things that you choose. Uh, and the people, the things, and the people who you choose to to offer your support to. Exactly. Great. Well, uh, anything else that you'd like to add or mention or touch on or talk about? Uh, I I think that you know maybe um, 
Um, what, what do you think about in some of the some of the additional sort of show notes or uh, follow on resources? Is is there you know when we speak to that? Will there is is your plan to include some of totally. that? Totally, yeah. Um, so we'll this will be live on the blog, and uh, we'll embed the video uh, recording on the blog. People will be able to watch and listen there, and we will have show notes uh, beneath. Mm-hmm. Great. Well, so I mean, I guess w- what I would say is no- knowing that's the case, I would encourage you um, to dig into some of those additional resources. I, I, you know, they're, they're um, you know, I think it's been said, you know, the, the more you know, the more you know nothing. And, and you know, like you, you dig in deeper to a number of these things. You know, w- yes, we're at the highest level of CO2 in recorded history, but we're not at the highest level of CO2 in the atmosphere in, in all time. You know, how do I reconcile those facts? Um you know, there's been more, uh, you know, sort of organic or biomass coverage um, in our, uh, you know, in the last 35 years um, than, than, than not. Like we, there's more, there are more, there's more plant life. There may not be more diversity in some cases. There, there are some nuance and, and details to these things, but um, there are places for optimism. And so I guess, it, you know, my point is if you are feeling, if, if one is feeling uh, doom and gloom and dread, which it's easy to, to feel, um, I think that, that even some of the resources we can share, if you're willing to do a, a deeper dive, um, you can challenge a bunch of your beliefs and, and just refine your understanding of, of um, you know, what, what's possible, what, you know, and, and as I said, what are some of those um, ingredients that we've already created that, you know, that uh, innovation is creating around, you know, lower cost solar is, is a great example um, that, that are going to be tools that we can employ to, to ensure a, you know, a greener, you know, cleaner future. So. And it's not a it's it's not a cop out to Google uh, climate change good news, right? <laughs> Once a week, give give yourself a, a dose of happiness. Mm-hmm. There'll be something there. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah. Well said. All right, Mike. Well, thanks very much. Appreciate your time. Appreciate Pleasure. your insights. That was fun. Yeah.